Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Finding Hope in a Hopeless Situation, or What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. So what do you do? when circumstances aren't turning out like you want them to turn out? What do you do when things aren't going like you want them to go? You have one of three choices. You can look down in discouragement or despair. You can look around for someone to blame. Or you can look up to God in hope. If you are in a circumstance right now that seems hopeless, if you are at the point of despair, remember that you are not alone. For thousands of years, people have been in impossible situations, hopeless situations. Listen to David in Psalm 88, verses 3 and 4. From the message paraphrase. I have had my fill of trouble. I'm camped on the edge of hell. I'm written off as a lost cause. One more statistic a hopeless case. So the psalmist is feeling pretty hopeless, isn't he? But he knows there is only one place he can find hope. And so in verse 13 of that psalm, he says, O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. You see, if you are feeling discouraged, if you are feeling a sense of despair, let me remind you that discouragement and despair are just the hunger for hope. So what do you do when you're feeling hunger for hope? Wait for circumstances to change? That's what a lot of people do. I'll wait for the circumstances to change and then I'll be okay. But what if the circumstances don't change? Then how do you find hope? You may be facing the worst circumstance of your life right now, but you don't have to live without hope indefinitely. A good example of hoping in difficult circumstances is Abraham in the Old Testament. God told Abraham that he's going to give him a land, 
uh, where he would be able to prosper, he'll have a large family, and he'll be able to enjoy the fruits of the land. Abraham takes God at his word and he goes to this promised land and he finds rocks. There was no place to live. He had to live in tents. There were all kinds of problems, famines, difficulties of one kind or another. Yet Abraham still trusted what God had said. This is what the Bible says about him in Romans chapter 4 and verse and verse 18. It says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. That's a whole different way of living life even when things might seem hopeless. You know, I've met a lot of people who know how to feel hopeful when the circumstances are good. But I've not uh, met too many people who know how to be filled with hope when the circumstances are bad. So how can you be filled with hope when it feels like God's love isn't there anymore? How can you be filled with hope when it feels like you don't have the energy uh, to hope any longer? How can you be filled with hope when it feels like your life is caving in on you? How can you be filled with hope when you don't know how long you can last? So the question is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? when you don't know where to turn, when you don't know what to do next. And so I want to suggest five or four points here. The first is, make God's love your lifeline. When you don't know what to do, when the circumstances seem impossible, make God's love your lifeline. So what is a lifeline? A lifeline is something you hold on to when you don't have anything else to hold on to. As Christians, God, God's love is our lifeline. Yet, there is this crazy thing about us. When we face tough times, it is the easiest thing to make self-destructive behavior or lifeline. It offers a quick fix. So we turn to self-pity, turn to anger, we turn to entertainment, to drugs or alcohol, things that only make our circumstances worse. Some people make their job their lifeline, but a job is not enough. What if you lose your job? Some people make their spouse their lifeline. But what if they are going down with you? You see, only God's love will last through any and every circumstance. Only God's love is there every moment of our life, no matter what may be happening to us. Listen to David in Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker 
of heaven and earth. The same God who made the heavens and the earth cares about what his children are going through. Now, Jeremiah was one of those prophets we call him the weeping prophets because he had such a difficult time and he spent a lot of his time just weeping. But um, after all that had gone on in Jeremiah's life, he tells us in in um, Lamentations chapter 3, 21 to 23, he says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies we have been kept from complete destruction. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each day. I don't know about you, but I'm filled with hope when I think about God's love and God's mercy. Because he's a God of love and hope and mercy. You see, if you drive into a gas station, what do you hope to find there? Gas. You go into a donut shop, what do you expect to find? Donuts. You go to the God of hope and love, what are you going to find? Not fear, not guilt, you are going to find hope and love. Because that is who God is. So make God your lifeline. But how do you do that when you are feeling hopeless? Jeremiah gave us uh, the key. If you look at um, Lamentations chapter 3, 22 and 23, the Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. You see, if God's love is new every morning, then I need to think about it every morning. If you're feeling hopeless, if, or if you don't want to start feeling hopeless, before you get out of bed in the morning, remind yourself that God's love is your lifeline. Say, God, no matter what happens to me today, I know you love me and always will. Remind yourself of God's love every day and it will change your attitude to what is coming up during the day. But the second thing to do is make patience your priority. Make patience your priority. See, when I'm feeling hopeless, I don't want to hear about patience. See, if you're in the middle of a problem and someone says to you, oh, just be patient, does that sound like an answer to you? Not at all. Yet the scriptures tell us that patience can make a difference in our lives. Look at, um, at Romans uh, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, our priority as individuals, as human beings, is to solve the problem that we have. 
But that's not God's priority. His priority is to grow us through the problem. So why is that? Because God knows that we are going to far outlast any problem we have. You see, problems might last five days, five weeks, five years, or even for the rest of our lives. But compared to eternity, that is a short time. So because God knows that we are going to, to far outlast our problems, he is more interested in our growth than in solving the problem we have immediately. You see, our problems are the raw materials out of which God manufactures hope. See, growth and hope are not guaranteed results of problems. I know plenty of of people who go through problems and they have uh, not grown at all from their problems. They have no hope in their lives. It takes patience. That's why you want to make patience your priority. Now, what is it that keeps us from hope? Circumstances, we may say. But it is not our circumstances that keep us from hope. Every one of us knows people who have the best circumstances but have no hope. We also know people who have the worst circumstances but their lives are overflowing with hope. So obviously, it is not about circumstances. It is your attitude to those circumstances that is important. So how do you stay patient when the problems come? Here's the answer. Don't face your problems alone. Don't try to be patient alone. God never meant for us to face these problems alone and try to be patient alone. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Well, what is the law of Christ? That we love one another and care for one another. And as Paul tells us in Romans 12 and verse 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. But the third thing we need to do is to make prayer our pressure release. Make prayer our pressure release. Who do you talk to when you feel hopeless? I just mentioned that you talk to other believers. But you also need to talk to God about your situation. Talk to him regularly. Talk to him honestly. Psalm 71 and um, verse, verse 1 says, O Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer, for it comes from an honest heart. You see, quite often, you know, we have learned the, the, um, some bad habits, such as praying, trying to pray with uh, a lot of um, pious words and fancy, make fancy prayers. 
um, as though God is impressed with our fancy words. Now, we may impress the people around us who are listening, but we are not impressing God. All we need to do is just to tell God how you feel. Tell him what's really going on in your, in your life. He already knows what you are thinking anyway. If you can't talk to God honestly, then who can you talk to honestly? Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 143 and verse, and verse 7. Hurry with your answer, God. I'm nearly at the end of my rope. Don't turn away. Don't ignore me. You see, we can talk to God honestly because he is a great God. A God who invites us into his presence to share our needs with him. Take some time every day, preferably at the beginning of the day, to talk to God honestly. Talk to him about the opportunities of the day. Talk to him about uh, how you're feeling uh, that day. Talk to him about the problems that you're going to encounter as you go to work or as you um, do some other things. You see, if you're, if you're driving at work, and sometimes I, I, I do that quite often, turn off the radio. And just take five minutes to talk to God. Let him know what's in your heart. Share with him your concerns. And you'll be surprised to see that God will be there with you and your day will go so much better. So when you find yourself in a hopeless situation or when you don't know what to do, start making God's love your lifeline. Then make patience your priority. And then you make prayer your pressure release. And then fourthly, make God's promise your plan. Make God's promise your plan. Proverbs 19 and verse 21 says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. And you can count on that. God's purpose will always prevail, not your plans. When you make God's promises your plan, then you can't lose. You win every time. When we are hopeless, any plan seems good enough. We'll chase after just about anything that we can think of because we're trying to find some hope and some solution. We run here and there and get involved in this and that scheme, waste money and time, hoping it will make us feel better. But make God's promise your plan. But where do we find God's plan for our lives? Where do we find God's promises? The Bible, God's book, God's gift to us contains some 7,000 promises that we can use whenever we need them. So when you feel, I don't know what to do next, one of the things to do is to begin reading the scriptures. You could start with the Psalms, because the Psalms um, have just about 
uh, every emotion that you can, you can feel yourself. Whatever you're going through, you can find David and the other writers in the Psalms going through those same emotions. The start of the Psalms, then you can go to the Gospel of Mark or the letter to the Philippians. You'll find some promises there that can, that can um, help you, that you can count on. As you begin to read the Bible, ask God for a promise. The Apostle Paul tells us in, in Romans 15 and verse 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might find hope. We might have hope. Note the words endurance and encouragement. Which of these two words do you like better? Endurance or encouragement? I like encouragement. But it takes both <clears throat> encouragement and endurance to be filled with hope. And the Bible gives us much that we can uh, have uh, to place our hope in. It was Dale Carnegie who once said, Most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope at all. The question is, how do you keep on trying? Where do you get the encouragement to keep on trying? Where do you get the endurance to keep on trying? The scriptures give us the encouragement and the endurance that we need. But how do you stay focused on God's plan? It's easy to get focused on other things. It is easy to get sidetracked. Here's a practical step you can take uh, during this week. You can do it as a part of coming to church on Sundays. There are a lot of people who, when they're having problems, they stay away from church. They don't realize that that's not in God's plan. God's plan is that we come together as his people, as a community of faith, to strengthen and to encourage one another. So when we worship on Sundays, we interact with God's word in a way that reminds us of his promises and his plan. We look at God's word together. We see his promises together. We understand his plan together so we can hope together. There's something about getting together as we are doing right now. Being together and listening to God's word together tends to lift us all up together. And there is strength in that. So how do you keep on board with God's plan? You get together with other people who want to keep on board with God's plan. That's where you get the encouragement. You get the encouragement from other believers. This is why the writer of the Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. He said, we need one another, even though you might not think so. There's some people who think that they are just loners. Well, God didn't make us to be Robinson Crusoe's. He makes us to be a part of a family, to be, to be a part of a community of faith. So when we worship, it is a reminder together that God has a bigger plan for us. It is a reminder that God is our strength in times of weakness. 
that he is our guide in times of danger. He is our comfort in times of sorrow. He is our inspiration in times of difficulty. And he is our hope in times of hopelessness. So when we come together to worship, we find comfort and strength and assurance from knowing that God is fully aware of every cross that we are carrying, every valley that we are crossing, every burden that we are bearing, every mountain that we are climbing, every trial that we are facing, every responsibility that we are shouldering, every sacrifice that we are making, and every discouragement that we are encountering. So when you face a hopeless situation and you don't know what to do, remember God's grace is sufficient and it will see you through. Remember that God's love is abundant and it will see you through. Remember that God's mercy is everlasting and it will see you through. Remember that God's strength is omnipotent and it will see you through. Remember that God's wisdom is perfect and it will see you through. And remember that God's word is true and it will see you through. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.